What's up? Welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to hear you out, listen to your story, pray with what you sent me, and respond in the way that I think might be most helpful to you in your walk toward eternity. In this show, we're just going to listen to one another. We're going to accompany each other, and we're going to try to help each other problem solve, particularly whenever our Catholic faith doesn't give us those easy, black and white, fill-in-the-blank answers. That the goal is to help you to discern, to discern what is best for you in your walk toward eternity. I'll use my experience as a priest and as a pastor and as a friend to help you navigate uh, through those questions that might be about apologetics or Catholic morality or, or even uh, questions about dating and, and relationships. I can't promise you that everything that I tell you is going to be helpful to you uh, because I'm not perfect, because I'm broken. I'm not Jesus, uh, but I will do my best to help point you toward our Savior, Jesus Christ, so that you can hear him call you to be the greatest saint you can potentially be in your walk toward eternity. If you want me to answer your questions and walk with you in your own struggles, you can shoot me an email at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. You can tell your friends about this podcast by reviewing us and rating us so more people can find out about us. And we will continue to walk with each other as we all become the particular saints that our Lord Jesus Christ invites us to be. Uh, so the way this show is going to go is I'm going to answer two to three, maybe sometimes four of your questions per episode. And, and then after that, you're going to respond and you're going to shoot me more messages and let me know what you thought about what I had to say. If it was helpful to you, if it wasn't, you are free to critique me. You are free to challenge me because guess what? I am so imperfect. It's not even funny. The philosophical framework for this show is I desire one thing for you. I desire freedom. Freedom is what I desire that you get out of this. I want you to be free to discern how is God calling you to respond to the different situations that are happening in your life, the different circumstances that you find yourself in. I'm not trying to do this show to give you a bunch of new rules. That is not the purpose of the show. God already gave us 10 rules and the 10 commandments, and they are so sufficient. It's not even funny. The last thing we need is for me to try to give you something new. That's what Adam and Eve did in the garden. Whenever they were in the garden, God said, you cannot eat, eat of the fruit of this particular tree. And then Satan came to Eve and he said, did, did God really say that? Is that what he really said? And Eve said, oh, yeah, let me tell you about it. He said that we can't eat of the fruit of the tree or we can't even touch it. But the thing is, God actually, in fact, he never said that they could not touch the tree. So Eve gave herself this new commandment, this new teaching, this new rule that God never gave her. And she attributed that rule to God, which potentially may have gave her this extra burden to carry. And I think sometimes we can all do this in our walk with God. We give ourselves rules. And then we attribute those rules to God. And then whenever we can't fulfill the obligations of those rules that we gave ourselves, we feel really bad and really guilty. And then we just give up on our relationship with God or we just give in to whatever it is that we're doing that might not be best for us. So I'm not going to do that on this show. What I'm going to try to do is give you principles, give you principles to discern how is this that I am confronted 
by how is this that I am, I'm working with? How is it helping me grow closer to God, grow closer in virtue, become holier? Or how is it drawing me further away from God? How is it drawing me deeper into bad habits that aren't good for me or for my community? So I just want to give you the freedom to be able to listen to what I have to say and to recognize that the advice I give might be helpful to you in this season of your life, and it might not be. And if it's not, it's okay. But it might be helpful to someone else. And and, and so if you don't uh, respond well to it, then I invite you to just sit with it, talk to God about it. And if it is good for you, then then choose it. And if it's not, then then reject it. But the goal is for all of us to be saints. That's, That's the ultimate goal. God created each and every single one of us for no other reason than because he desires for all of us to be saints. And we become saints when we freely respond to the gift that he offers us in his son, Jesus Christ. So this is the first episode, so I figured we might as well go big or go home. So in this first episode, we're going to address three questions on this episode, this podcast that you're tuning into today, we're going to talk about marijuana, the morality of smoking weed, marijuana, green ganja, pot, whatever you call it. Uh, We're also going to talk about the reality of the true presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist and where that's at in the scriptures. And we're also going to get into some dating advice for those of you who are new to the dating scene. I'm going to share with you some of my tips and tools that might be helpful for you in navigating how you can uh, best enter into a relationship uh, that is geared toward discerning the vocation of marriage. But before we get into those those questions from from our viewers, I want to share a glory story with you. I want to share something really cool that happened to me recently, Uh, recently. I sent a text message to one of my buddies when I was praying. And I just wanted to, to be edified by this person's story. So I sent him a text message and I said, hey, can you remind me your story? Can you remind me how you fell in love with God? I, I don't know about you, but I get inspired whenever I hear other people's testimonies, other people's witnesses of how they fell in love with Jesus Christ. And after I sent my buddy this text message, I was in the Adoration Chapel at my church here at Holy Rosary. And I, I perceived Jesus invite me. Josh, why don't, you, why don't you remind me our story? Why don't you remind me how we fell in love with each other? And so I sat with that for a little bit and I said, okay, God, I'll tell you what, I'll get back to that later tonight. I got confessions in a little bit. And after confessions, I got mass. After mass, I have a house blessing. Then after that house blessing, I have another house visit to do. So later tonight, that's what I'm going to do. But after confessions and mass and house blessings and house visits, I came home, prayed night prayer. And to be honest with you, I don't know about you, but I just, I totally forgot. Have you ever done that? Have you ever intended to spend time with God and you just totally forget what your plans were with the Lord? That's what happened to me. I was so tired, I just went to bed. And the next day I woke up and I said my 7 o'clock a.m. mass, and then I said my 9 o'clock a.m. mass. And before my 11 o'clock a.m. mass, a woman came to the church and she said, Father Josh, I have something for you. And she handed me this booklet. And on the cover of the booklet, it said, Steubenville South 2004, Rise Up conference. And when I saw that, I almost lost my mind because my conversion happened at Steubenville South 2004 Rise Up Catholic Youth Conference. It was June 26, 2004, where I first encountered the love of Jesus Christ. 
And this was the booklet of that particular conference. And so when she gave it to me, I, I flipped out and I was like, whoa, whoa, hold up. This is where I fell in love with Jesus. Why, why would you give this to me? She said, well, I was at this conference. I saw one of your talks recently where you said you came back to the church and came back to Jesus at this conference. I found this booklet in one of my boxes. I just moved back into town, thought I would give it to you. And I said, you don't understand. Yesterday, when I was in Adoration Chapel with Jesus, I perceived him invite me to remind him how we fell in love. This is how we fell in love. I was at this conference. I was living in some serious sin. I hadn't been in confession in years. I skipped mass for a long time and reluctantly went to this conference, this youth conference. And the bishop, it was Bishop Sam Jacobs, he exposed the Eucharist, which I never believed in my whole life. And right there during Eucharistic adoration, I perceived Jesus encounter me in my brokenness and, and tell me that he loved me. Not that he used to love me before I became this big sinner or he was going to love me after I repented, but I perceived him tell me that he just loved me, period. And it radically transformed my life. And so after I share with the woman the grace that I received in her, bring me this booklet, responding to God's invitation from the day before, I ran into the church and I knelt before the tabernacle and I just shared my heart with God and reminded him what he already knew, but what he loves to hear, which is how we fell in love. And so I want to invite you, the listener, if, if you haven't spoken with God today about your story with him, about your own walk, about your experiences with him, I want to invite you to just press pause right now and have that conversation with the Lord. Have the conversation with Jesus about the ways in which you fell in love with him. And, and if you haven't had that experience with him where you've you perceived the depths of the intimacy he wants for you, then, then ask him. Like, just say, Jesus, come into my heart in a new way today because I want to I wanna experience the love that you have for me and I want to grow in my love for you. And so I just speak blessings over your life right now, whoever you are, wherever you're at, that you may experience the love of Jesus because his love, uh, in my experience, his love is the only love that satisfies. No person, place, or thing can do it for me or for you, but, but Jesus can and he does and he always will. And so don't forget to... To get your questions answered and responded to in this podcast, shoot them to me via email. Ask Father Josh at ascensionpress.com. Review us and rate us on iTunes to help other people discover our show and to see what it's all about. With all that being said, I think it's time to get started with our first question. First question comes from Aaron, or maybe it's a Aaron. I don't know now. But he says this, Aaron, you said, I know a lot of Catholic friends who are fine with smoking pot. They say that they can do it in moderation, just like drinking alcohol. If it were to become legal, would it be okay to smoke occasionally? If not, how is it different from drinking alcohol? Yeah, that's a really good question, Aaron. That's a question that I get quite often as a priest, especially whenever I was doing campus ministry uh, at LSU, a lot of the students would come to me and bring this to me. So I think I'm going to give you some tools to discern, Aaron, for you and, and for whoever else might have this question and maybe be struggling or grappling with the morality of smoking marijuana. I think the first thing we have to address is, is weed, pot, marijuana, that green ganja, whatever it is that you call it, wherever you're from, there's all these different names. Is it bad in and of itself? That's the first question. Is it intrinsically evil? The answer to that is no, right? Weed is not a bad thing, right? God created 
that, that, that plant, right? So uh, when is it okay then to, to use marijuana, weed, pot, whatever you call it? I would say it is permissible to use it whenever it's medicinal. Whenever you are sick with cancer and your, your doctor might give it to you as a medication, that would be its purpose. But every medication can still be abused and used for some other reason that it's not meant for. Years ago, whenever I was at LSU, I used to run the lakes. And growing up, I was never a runner. I was always a basketball player. And so the only shoes I had outside of my shoes I wear with my clerics were, were Jordans, were Jays. And so when I started running the lakes at LSU, I ran the lakes in my Jordans, which for anybody that runs, you know. That is not smart. You need, you need running shoes if you're going to run on concrete every day, right? And so here I was running the lakes, and all of a sudden, my, my IT band and my, my leg got really messed up, and my knee was in this terrible pain. And I didn't know where I was coming from, and it got so bad to the point where I couldn't even walk. And once I couldn't walk, I, I knew there was a problem. I would go to bed in so much pain at night that I would wake up late in the morning and miss my, my good prayer time because I, I couldn't sleep. And because I couldn't sleep, I couldn't wake up And uh, whenever I did. And because I wasn't getting adequate rest, I wasn't able to pray well. Because I wasn't praying well, I wasn't able to discern God's voice and, and perceive what he wanted me to say in my preaching homilies and my teaching catechesis and in my discipleship of the students that God called me to walk with. And all of this came from my messed up IT band, which came from the fact that I, I ran the lakes at LSU with, with basketball shoes. So I went to a doctor. He, he told me to get some different shoes. He gave me some stretches to do, but he also gave me some pills to take. And those pills not only helped with the pain, but it helped me go to bed at night. So I was then able to wake up in the morning. I was able to pray because I prayed I could preach well, teach well, and walk with people and discipling them uh, as God was calling them to imitate him in their walk toward eternity. It was all good. Eventually, my T-band got much better, and I did not need the pills anymore. I didn't need that good medication anymore. However, if I would have chosen to still use those pills, that would have been a bad thing. I would have been abusing those pills right, for some other reason that wasn't necessary for me to do so. So marijuana can still be abused. What's the fruit of smoking weed? pot, green ganja, or whatever it is you call it, or eating weed brownies, or however you do it. Uh, the, the fruit is always you're going to get high. And what does getting high do? Well, getting high, it weakens our will, and I don't want to offend you, but it dumbs down our intellect. Here's the thing. St. Thomas Aquinas will teach this in the Summa. This, we are created, as the church teaches, in the image of God. It's in the Bible. Every single one of us, not just Catholics, not just Christians, Every single human being is created in the image of God. What does it mean to be created in the image of God? It doesn't mean that God is a six foot two black man uh, that you call Father Josh. Uh, to be created in God's image means that we are created with an intellect. We are rational creatures. Unlike any other creature that exists, we have the ability to reason. Not only are we rational, intellectual creatures, but we also have free will. We can choose between good and bad. We can choose between good and the greater good, the greatest good. Other animals beneath us, below us, they cannot do that. 
And so everything that we do, that we bring into our lives, that we bring into our bodies, into our minds, into our hearts, we have to ask the question, does this thing that I am allowing into myself, does it enable me to retain my will and my intellect? Or does it dumb down my intellect and does it weaken my will? Even if I don't do anything ridiculous after doing it, if it weakens my will and dumbs down my intellect, it's as if I'm telling God, I don't want to be created in your image. I want to be like the, the lesser animals, like the lesser creatures. I'm not happy the way you created me. It's a slap in God's face. So based on that principle that it affects the image of God that we've been created in, I would say it's not what is best for us. The other principle is this. We've been created to love. What is love? Love is not a feeling. Love is doing what is best for the beloved. That's how Thomas Aquinas defines love in the Summa. I'm going to go out of myself to do what is best for the other person. So in order to do what's best for the person, I have to be intellectually capable to do, to do that. And I have to will, will their good. But if I have a weakened will, I might not choose their good. If I have a dumbed down intellect, I might not know how to discern what is their good. So because smoking will always get us high and getting us high will always weaken our will and dumb down our intellect, it is not good for us because it, it affects the image of God that we've all been created in. And it also affects our capacity to love. And that's what we've all been created for. Now, what's the difference real quick between smoking weed and drinking alcohol? One can drink alcohol and not get drunk. I had a glass of wine yesterday and I did not get drunk. I like the taste of wine. But one cannot smoke marijuana without getting high. You can drink without getting drunk. You can't smoke without getting high. If one were to drink to, in fact, get drunk, that would also be bad because one would weaken his or her will and dumb down the intellect. So this is why it's not good. If, if you struggle with this, um, then I just want to invite you to, to wrestle with what I'm saying. Take it to Jesus in prayer. And sit with the Lord and talk to him about maybe some of the things I just shared with you and, and see where he takes you. Then write me a question at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com and let's follow up. Let's continue this conversation uh, because I want what's best for you as I hope and pray that you, you desire what's best for me. So, so Aaron, I, I hope that that was helpful to you. Please let me know. Again, askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. Our second question, it comes from Teresia, who is from our Facebook community. Teresia, she asks, why must we believe in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist? Teresia, that is a, a great question, a good question. Remember, um, I, I think you might know my story, Teresia, but for years I left the Catholic Church and I did not believe in the true presence of Jesus in Holy Communion. I thought that the Eucharist was, was just a symbol, um, but I, I was wrong. And so I love talking about the Eucharist. So I'm so grateful, Teresia, that you've asked this question. I think that a lot of our listeners also have this question in their mind and their hearts as, as well. So thank you for being bold enough to ask this question. But to, to, to address the first part, you said, why must we believe in the real presence? Well, you don't have to. God loves us and love never Love never forces us to do anything. Love never imposes. Love only invites. Like a guy who proposes to his girlfriend, will you marry me? 
He doesn't tell her, hey, you got to marry me. He says, will you marry me? And so Jesus, likewise, asks us, will you believe in my true presence, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist? It's an invitation. It's an offer. Why does he invite us to believe in his true presence? Because if we eat of his flesh that he see and drink of his blood, we will have eternal life. Oh, it's so good. It is so good. So in John chapter 6, Jesus Christ is hanging out with his disciples. And he had a lot of disciples at this point, a lot of people following him. And he's teaching them about what's called the bread of life discourse. And he's talking to them about the Old Testament. He says, in the Old Testament, your ancestors, they ate the manna, which is this what is it miraculous bread that came down from heaven. They ate this manna that came down from heaven. And yet they still died. It was still miraculous bread. Now, anytime a miracle happens in the Old Testament, Jesus Christ is always going to do a little bit bigger, right? He's going to go a little bit harder. He's going to one-up the miracle in the Old Testament. And so what was good in the Old Testament cannot be better than what Jesus Christ is going to offer in the new. So if they had a miracle of the bread, then the bread that he's going to offer is not going to be a lesser miracle. It's going to be a greater miracle. And so he says, they ate that man and they still died. But I'm inviting you, John chapter 6, he says this, I'm inviting you to eat my flesh and drink my blood. My flesh is true food indeed, and my blood is true drink. You must eat my flesh and drink my blood, and you will have eternal life. And then later on, at the Last Supper with the disciples, he says to them, this is my body, and this is my blood given up for you. He, what he didn't say was this symbolizes my body, and this symbolizes my blood. He really believed that the Eucharistic communion host became his body and blood, soul, and divinity. So much so that in John chapter 6, whenever he invited his disciples to partake of his flesh and his blood to have eternal life, a number of his disciples, they struggled with it. And they were like, yo, we don't understand that. We don't get it. We don't want to believe it. And they walked away. How can he ask us to do this? And they left him. And any time in the scriptures when people did not understand Jesus, you can look at the gospel's accounts. When people... When his disciples misunderstood him, he would always say, wait a minute, hold up. Let me explain to you. This is what I'm saying. But in this case, whenever they left him in John chapter 6, verse 66, that's 666, that's the devil's number. They left him. A third of the disciples left, just like a third of the angels fell from heaven. Hashtag pretty cool insight, huh? So they left and he didn't chase after them and say, that's not what I meant. I was joking. Hashtag April Fool's. He let them leave. And he turned to the, the apostles and he says, what about y'all? Do y'all want to go too? And Peter said, but Lord, to, to whom shall we go? For you have the words of eternal life. Does that mean that Peter understood intellectually everything about the doctrine of the Eucharist at that moment in his walk with Jesus Christ? Probably not. Right? Peter did not get a lot of things well. He kept messing up. He kept thinking that he knew what he was talking about. And quite often he was wrong. But Peter knew that even though, look, I don't, fully understand what you mean, Jesus, he knew he can trust Jesus. Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God. In the Old Testament, the people who were saved uh, were the people who not only put the blood of the Lamb on the doorpost, but they were the people who ate the Lamb. When John, the beloved disciple, saw Jesus in heaven in the book of Revelation, he says, behold, I see the Lamb. The Lamb is slain. Jesus is inviting us to to eat his flesh and drink his blood and, and have eternal life. It's more than a symbol. It's, 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 a, it's a reality. And the early church fathers 
all agreed with this teaching. They taught this teaching. We can read all their writings. And so we don't just rely on, on our interpretation. We look at the disciples' disciples and how do they interpret what Jesus said. And they were all very clear that he really did mean that the Eucharist became his body, blood, soul, and divinity. But what about us? What if we struggle? What if you still potentially struggle with this teaching, Tedesia, or, or struggle with articulating it or understanding it? Then I would ask and invite you to simply imitate Peter. Jesus, I don't fully get it, but I believe because I, I get you. I love you so much. And I know you wouldn't, you wouldn't lead me astray, Jesus. So even though I don't fully understand Jesus, I know I can trust you. And so that's what I would encourage you to do. Not only with this teaching, but with any teaching of the church, any teaching that Jesus Christ gave his church, if you struggle with it, I'm not asking you to fully understand it. I'm just going to invite you to go deeper into the person, Jesus, lean into him. Right? If we struggle with math, we don't run away from math and jump into English. We, we lean into math a little bit more. So if you struggle with some of his teachings, I invite you to just simply lean into him. So that answers that question. Hopefully that was helpful. Again, let me know. Did you see it? Shoot me another message at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. And, and don't forget to rate us on iTunes so more people can find out about the show and they can also hit us up with their insights into ways that might be best for you, for me, for us and our walk toward eternity. What do you guys think though? If you have any additional advice, hit us up at Ascension Press. We're about to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to dive into one more question. Uh, don't forget to, to rate the show and, and we'll be back in a minute. And if you're looking for a way to learn more about your Catholic faith, I invite you to check out the Ascension Presents YouTube channel. You're going to find tons of free videos featuring Catholic presenters like Matt Frad, Leah Darrow, Jackie Bobby Angel, and Emily Wilson. Go to youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. That's youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. And if you like what you see, please share and subscribe. And we're back. Just a reminder, you can send your questions to me at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. And if you're feeling fancy, you can even record a voice note. Send that voice note to me. And guess what? We're going to play it on the show. Please rate us and review us on iTunes to help other people find out about this show. Our third and final question is time for the question about relationships, about dating. This is something that so many of us care about because we were created for community. We are created for the, the possibility and the potential to go out of ourself. We're created for love, right? So the third question comes from Denise in Salem, Massachusetts. Or, or is it the nice? You get it? Some of y'all might get that. So Denise says this in searching for a partner. How important is intellectual compatibility and spiritual compatibility in the long run? Is it sufficient if the other person is just mildly Catholic or is it important for him to match my spiritual level? I'm new to the dating scene and I prefer someone who is serious about his faith, who is willing to grow and learn with me, who can discuss theology. But all my friends say if the guy is a good person with a good job and a good family background, it's enough to proceed with the relationship. No need to be picky about the spiritual level. What do you think? <laughs> That's a lot. Oh, Denise, thank you so much. Uh, what do I think? I, I have a, a lot of different thoughts going through my mind right now. I guess the first insight I might have for you is if you really want somebody that can discuss theology with you, here's what I would do. 
I would go to the chancery in my diocese and I would ask them if I could see a poster of the seminarians from last year. And after I look at that poster of the seminarians, the guy studying for the priesthood from last year, I'm going to ask him to see a poster from this year. And then I'm going to look and see who is not on the poster this year that was on the poster last year. And if the person is not on the poster this year and is not ordained, there's a good chance that person left seminary to potentially discern the vocation of marriage. And if you want somebody that's going to talk about theology with you, there's a good chance a guy that was in school studying theology would want to talk about theology. <laughs> Look, I am totally messing with you. Do not do that. That uh, that's, that's totally grasping and uh, chalice chipping. So don't do that. So what would my advice be? If, if you really want somebody to talk about theology, uh, there are some guys that, that do like to do that. But outside of going to Theology on Tap, I can't promise you that your future husband uh, might want to talk about that topic with you. Not everybody likes to talk about theology. The goal is to find someone who loves Jesus. I, I went to a conference a few years ago, and one of the speakers, she said something that was very profound, Denise, that I think might help you and, and the rest of our, our viewers out. The speaker said this, you're never going to find Mr. Perfect. You're not perfect yourself, so you should not look for Mr. Perfect. The only one who is perfect is Jesus. He's the one that you should look to. He's the one that you should Run toward in your walk toward eternity. Run to Jesus. Then look to your left and see which of your sisters is also running to Jesus. And those are the sisters that you're going to want to prioritize those friendships with. Then look to your right and see which guys are running toward Jesus. And those are also guys that might be friends for you, but they also could potentially be a guy that might be the man that God's inviting to discern the vocation of marriage with. But the goal is to not take your eyes off of Jesus and fix them on a person, because a person would never satisfy you. Denise, you were created with this infinite hunger, this infinite longing, just like I was, we all were. We are created with this ache in our heart, and it's infinite. But we're finite creatures. So no finite person, place, or thing can ever satisfy that ache. Only the infinite lover God can. So the goal is to always keep your eyes on God. And then, when it comes to relationships, express your desires to God in prayer. And as you meet people, as you date people, Express those desires to them. Hey, I would like to talk about theology. I would like to pray with you. But don't have any expectations. When we have expectations, we're going to be let down. Imitate Jesus. When Jesus confronted Peter in the Gospel of John, he said, Peter, do you love me with an unconditional love? And Peter responded, Lord, I love you with a friendship love. Then Jesus asked him again, Peter, can you love me with an unconditional love? Peter responded, I love you with a friendship love. Finally, Jesus said one more time, Peter, can you love me with a friendship love? And Peter responded, you know I love you with a friendship love. What did Jesus do? Jesus expressed a desire. He desired unconditional love, but he wasn't expecting it. He didn't grasp at it. He was willing and ready to receive whatever gift Peter was willing to offer. And so when looking for a potential spouse in your walk toward eternity, be free to express desires, but please do not have expectations. Do not grasp for them to be a certain way. The goal is this. If this person is a bridge for me to get to God, if this person enables me to grow in virtue, if this person doesn't stop me from going to Mass and doesn't stop me from praying and doesn't try to hinder my relationship with Jesus, they're good. If this person sends me to the confessional because of the sins he or she wants to commit with me, that's probably not the person that I should be walking with. But if the person sends me to the confessional because they want to go with me to confession, <laughs> that's probably a good, a good person to, to walk with. 
the, the, the goal is always to, to view things from the notion of love. Can this person desire my greatest good? My greatest good is never to sin. My greatest good is to, to be with Jesus. Can I desire this person's greatest good? Which again is not sin, it's to bring them to Jesus. If I can help this person come to Jesus, if this person can help me come to Jesus, then that's potentially somebody I should date. Whether that means that they're mildly Catholic or uber Catholic, I don't know. I, I can't discern what's mild, mild Catholic and what's an uber Catholic. But I, I can discern this, uh, just test it by virtue. Does this person help me grow closer to my God? And so that's the advice I would have for you. Uh, don't grasp. Please don't grasp. Express desires. Have no expectations. And focus on love. Focus on going to Jesus and helping whoever he is or if you're a guy, whoever she is, in their walk and your walk and our walk toward eternity. All right, so that, that pretty much brings us to the end of today's show. Uh, regardless of whatever your circumstances are, I think here are a few things that anyone could take away from the questions. A universal point that we can draw from uh, marijuana, the morality of it, is does it enable me to love, to desire someone's greatest good, or does it put up a barrier Right? Does it hinder me from my ability to be an, a, a rational human being to, to choose things with my will? If it weakens my will, if it dumbs down my intellect, it's not going to give me the grace to love. I probably shouldn't do it unless it is medically prescribed because of my illness. A universal point drawn from the Eucharist, even whenever we don't understand some of the teachings of Jesus, the Lord invites us to trust him to believe his word because we're in love with him and because he would not lead us astray. And then with regards to relationships, to not grasp, to not have expectations, to express desires, but to ultimately keep the focus on Jesus and on who I'm able to help to get to Jesus and who's able to help me get to Jesus as well. Now, let's do my favorite thing. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, God, we love you, we adore you, worship you, glorify you, and honor you, give you thanks and praise for the gift of this day and this time that we've had together on this podcast. Give all of us the graces that we need to receive your love and to perceive your love in the depths of our hearts, and to be drawn by your love to love you and to love our neighbor and our walk toward eternity. We ask this prayer, Father God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. I want to remind you, please keep sending your questions to me. I want to walk with you. If you think that I didn't answer something well, let me know. Critique me. Challenge me. If I'm helping you out, also, please let me know. I want to know what's working well. Send your comments, your questions to askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. Father Josh is FR. Askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. Please rate us, review us on iTunes so more people can find out about the gift of this particular show that Ascension Press is bringing to you. So God bless, and I look forward to meeting with you again right here next week.